A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pool Hitter Podcast. This is Rob DiPietro, Dead Pool Hitter, coming at you with a little Friday, Sunday, the lineup tool to give you a little, you know, tips for setting your lineups if you are able to set your lineups on Friday to Sunday, either playing through NFBC or home leagues or even for daily leagues, if you go look ahead and, you know, know some matchups versus lefties and righties and who might be sitting and who might be starting, just to give you a little leg up on some volume <clears throat> or some stats. Uh, I will be joined by Ryan Roof from Rotowire. He will be joining me doing the lineup too, as well as a follow-up pod, which we just do a general pod um, talking about life and fantasy baseball. Um, so yeah, hope we check that out right after this lineup pod is released. I'll be releasing that pod as well. Um, so we actually recorded the other podcast first and then did the lineup pod. So if you hear us talking about... The other pod on this pod, that's what we're referencing to. So, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for anyone who took 30 to 90 seconds of their day to leave a rating or review. Super, super thankful, super grateful you've shown that in that small time um, of your life, you were able to um, help me out a great deal. And I sincerely, sincerely um, appreciate that so much. So, thank you for everyone for doing that. I uh, hope everyone is doing well in their leagues and time to crush it this weekend. Set your lineup. So, we got two four o'clock games today. Today, uh, the Mets and the um, Phillies, and we also have the Colorado Rockies and the Brewers playing at 4 o'clock today, so be aware of that if you're setting your lineup for the weekend. All right, here we go. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. All right, welcome back to the Poe Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro, the Dead Poe Hitter. I'm here with Mr. Ryan Roof from, Rider, uh, from Rotowire, and we are going to do a quick breakdown of the front Friday through Sunday lineups um we're gonna go through some games that are pretty noteworthy some teams that are playing four games this weekend which is the Mets and the Phillies and just address some lefty versus righty matchups um for when you're setting your lineup for anyone playing in league like the NFBC where you set your lineup from Friday to Sunday or even if you're playing in a daily league where you feel like you can jump ahead and kind of take advantage of some righty and lefty split so ryan thank you for joining me for this and i'm um, looking forward to i see you got a couple of sleepers for me for the weekend and i'm super excited for you to get everyone um on who the players that you're looking at for the weekend so what's up ryan how you doing today doing great thanks for uh let me participate in this um this has been this this podcast has been super helpful to me uh, a lot of reminders uh just lineup reminders like oh hey yeah Doug, get him out of your lineup. Um, so appreciate you doing these. Super helpful to me, and I'm sure countless others as well. 
Yeah, I'll add my commentary in where applicable, but uh, I'll let you run this, run most of the show here. Cause yeah, yeah, I'll just spit it out like I regularly do, um, and um, I'll throw out a whole bunch of things. And yeah, like you said, maybe you can just give some comment on it, or if you have any players that you're looking at for these matchups. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's. Um, I know a lot of people have said it helped them, and I get help from other people too that um, help this article as well. Uh, you know, there's several, like you mentioned. Um, um, in the in the other podcast that we did today, uh, there's 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 several several like great resources out there that I could not do this as simple as it comes out. You know, we got the Rotor Wire um, pitching planner, which is like pretty much what my life loves. Yeah, it's just like one of those tools that it's so invaluable. It's just constantly open on my tab. You know, it's Same. just yep. <laughs> you know, it's super super good. Um, just the lineup tab too. Um, and, and even Fangraphs has a has a good lineup tracker, which is cool because it's just pretty awesome. You could just scan left and right and check out the whole season with IL stints like right on the bottom. So you can kind of like gauge why a player you know like um, is gaining PT like just almost immediately. So um, and Jeff Hemmerman does uh, great work on Fangraphs too. Just like constantly highlighting his lineup analysis, like, you know, who's playing and, and, and trends. And um, of course he always uh, infuse some laughter and, and, and into his articles as to this guy has a six, uh, 500 OPS, you know, he sucks. Why is he still playing? Which is awesome. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just think, you know, there's several tools out there that help me do this. And um, it's, yeah, I think it's helped me make some better lineup choices throughout the weekend um you know definitely identifying lefty righty because i think that's the biggest thing that uh you know that we go through in trying to do you know maximize plate appearances and or you know catch trend like uh you know we maybe you haven't noticed that a guy hasn't played and you know my big thing is ian hack will get to him but i mean he if you take a look at him like oh he hasn't started in five of his last 10 games and you know, even versus righties and it, it's just troubling and so it's just and it helps you make drops too you know it helps me yep. identify that and say all right you know this guy's a drop this weekend you know so um yeah so we'll start it and off before oh, yeah, before yeah. you get into it i don't know if you realize this but it also helps for dfs purposes like you talked about you know the the weekend nfbc being able to you know set your lineups on fridays um, you know, in the daily leagues, but DF, this, this has helped me in DFS too, like setting some DFS lineups, you know, real quick. And so sweet, man. Yeah, kudos. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Awesome. All right. I feel better. All right. Uh, we'll start off with um, two teams that are playing four games this weekend. It will be the Mets playing against the Phillies. They have a game at 410. So uh, definitely address this lineup first um, when you're setting your lineups. Uh, so the Mets will actually be facing three righties and a lefty, and the same with the Phillies. They're facing three righties and the lefties. The Mets in their last 14 versus righties have a 78 WRC plus um, and a 26 to 9 K to BB. Um, you got guys that are coming back little by little. McNeil's come back. He's, he's, he's leading off since he's coming back. Um, Conforto got back in the lineup. Um, I expect McNeil to probably sit the one doubleheader game versus the lefty. Um, and you also have what might be a little mess in the outfield now. Um, so usually Dom Smith and Billy McKinney um, were playing versus left-handed pitching. But now that Conforto's back and PR, you still got him, uh, you know, playing very well and providing his grit and his defense um, to the Mets. Uh, so the outfield might be a little bit of uh, a mess. 
um, in the forecoming future. And Nimmo is supposed to come back on Monday. So it's only going to make it even wilder. So we also might get um, where Dom may even spell Alonzo at one of the games at first base. So maybe you won't get four games of Alonzo this weekend. But one thing the Phillies have to watch out for, Ryan, is that the New York Met pitchers at home, right, are first in the league in ERA with a 2.11, with a 30 to 9 K to BB. And they're giving up opponent average of 181 at home and a Woba against of 244. So even with the extra game that the Phillies are going to have against the Mets, you know, you just have to be aware of what you might be expecting, um, especially that they're facing the Grom in one of those games. So, you know, you probably, you know, pencil in a one or two hits for the Phillies, but um, it's definitely worth noting um, even with the extra game um, that the Phillies might suffer and the Phillies in their last 14 or uh, 18th in the league, um, in WRC plus first righties with 94, uh, pretty good and 21 to nine KDBB. So not striking out a lot. Uh, Brad Miller, who was playing a lot um, early in the season has only started five of his last 13 games. He's splitting some time with Luke Williams at second and they're floating around, uh, Luke Williams, wherever he plays. But, um, I know there's a guy on the Phillies that you, um, want to call out for the weekend as a guy who's recently gotten pretty hot, which I'm excited about because he's helping me out in my main event. And who is that guy, Ryan? Yeah, although I'm not as excited about him as I was when I was writing this up, seeing that uh, <laughs> home, that Mets stat uh, at home. But uh, yeah, we uh, Alec Baum. Uh, it's been had a pretty forgettable season to this point, um, hitting just 244 with a 282 OBP. Um, Hit 358 against righties last year, but only hit 214 again against them this year. Um, but has really picked it up since uh, June 1st. He's hitting 371. He went four for five in his last game against Washington. Um, he has some pretty favorable matchups aside from the the Grom matchup on Saturday. Um, Taiwan Walker, he has uh, really good splits against in his career. I think he's got like a 750 OPB or excuse me OBP. Uh, with a homer, and then um, he's also homered off David Peterson. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets uh, uh, the nod for both games today. Um, and then Sunday, uh, he gets a matchup against Jared Eikhoff, who's, um, you know, not great. Uh, he's given up, uh, gave up 18 homers and 12 starts in 2019. Whoa. And he's allowed 11 homers and eight AAA starts this season. So, uh, um uh, bomb's been turning the corner, um, hasn't been getting a lot of extra base hits during this run. Um, I think he only has like, you know, four extra base hits out of like 20 some hits, but, um, it's good to see him turning the corner cause I invested heavily during draft season and, um, hopefully it'll lead to at least a lot more RBIs. Wasn't expecting a ton of power coming in, but, um, I do like bomb for the weekend, except for Saturday. Right. <laughs> I agree too. Like I, um, in, in spots where I picked him up, I wasn't expecting a ton of power, but um, just the bat-to-ball skills. And like you said, the opportunity to drive in runs um, with the healthy, good Philly lineup, for sure. Um, I had the opportunity to see him um, in the minor league, uh, the Blue Claws, when he came up. And, um, you know, it was uh, he, looked, he looked like a man amongst boys uh, when he was playing there. Right. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he definitely got hot. Um, one, you know – it brings up uh, two things at, um, when you correct yourself with the OBP, right? Do you ever wonder why they don't, like, we don't just say OBA? Like, we say WOBA. Like, why don't we just say OBA? 
right? Like on yeah. basic, like why do we, because I always discombobulate OBP too. Like I always mix up those letters, but we always say WOBA. Why not just say OBA? Is that, uh, is that one of your shirts that you were talking about on the, it is. the last podcast? Yeah. yeah, it's OBA, not WOBA. <laughs> that'll drive the trend. Like that'll, that'll get the terminology down, right? Like let's get, let's get this going. Get this going. Another question I have for you, because you mentioned, um, I don't, you know, um, I don't know. I've, I've heard different opinions on the batter versus pitcher thing. Like, you know, is it real? You know, and I've heard players say, yeah, it's real, you know, and I've heard, you know, DFS players say, no, it's not, you know, and like, what do you, like, how do you, how do you identify that? See, and it's helped me. I like, I, that's where I start when I play DFS. So maybe I'm doing it wrong. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a, you know, great DFS player or anything, but I definitely leverage it during DFS, especially if the sample is significant, right? Like if, if somebody's had like 30 some plate appearances against the pitcher and they have like, you know, 12 to 13 hits or something, that's, that's significant to me. It means they see the ball well coming out of the, you know, pitcher's hand and they're comfortable against the pitcher. So if you remember actually um, when right before Pujols got traded to the Dodgers, um, there was, I, I forget who it was. They, they had a, a matchup against the Rays and it was a lefty, I think it was Yarbrough. And he had like amazing career splits against Yarbrough, but they didn't play him that game and he was vocal about it. And then he like got, then he got traded. Right, right. It's definitely a real thing. Like I, I definitely put some weight to it. I do look at some of the, um, the BVP splits uh, when sweating lineups. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just think about it from when I played, you know, and I totally owned some pitchers in softball and, and baseball. Like, you know, I remember, especially in softball, when I uh, played in a fast pitch league, there was this lefty and he threw gas and everyone was shit scared of it. But the way it came in to me and the way, like I'm naturally, you know, of course the pole hitter. And um, it just, <laughs> I would always, it was just always a perfect pitch for me and I would just smash it, you know? And I know for a fact that like, in my head, I was like, yeah, like I hit this guy better than not only other people, but even against, you know, all the other pitchers in the league. So yeah, I always think that that's definitely a thing, you know, and actually I just stumbled upon like, I don't know, probably like a month or two ago, um, this daily matchups tab on baseball's Savant. Have you ever seen it? I never um, knew it. I never not on knew Savant, it. but I, I do have another resource I use. Oh, okay. for, uh, for daily matchups. Yeah. Yeah. I just never even knew it existed. Like, and it, it shows for the day and like, uh, you know, the plate appearances versus, uh, you know, the picture they're facing today and even have a tab to like minimize it to like, if you want 25 plate appearance minimum or five, it's just, uh, again, it's just something like, you know, like you said, there's so much stuff out there. Like, cause sometimes I'm on fan graph or Savannah little wire where I'm just like, Oh, this, where did this come from? Where did this come from? It's like there's so many tools out there to use. It's for sure. Uh, definitely helps. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's move on to the Atlanta Braves. They're traveling to the Cincinnati Reds. The Braves are going to be facing three righties. The Reds will be facing two lefties. Um, the Braves in their last 14 versus right-handed pitching have a 99 WRC plus, which is 16th in major league baseball and a 25 and a half to an 11 and a half K to BB. So um, pretty good, you know, skills there on getting on base. Um, Abraham Almonte is now the cleanup hitter for the Atlanta Braves. Um, Guillermo Heredia was playing every day before his injury. And now uh, Ronald Lacuna has also missed the last two games. So, um, and the NCRT has gotten himself back in the lineup as well as um, Adrianza 
but has started the last two games. Um, this is interesting. It's like, how did, I don't know. Sometimes I look at the Braves and I'm just like, um, uh, are they going to make a run? You know, are they going to, like, I feel like they really miss Adam Duvall, right? And and Mark oh, yeah. Alanson. I just feel like with those two guys back on this team, they're just a lot better than fourth in the East for sure. I'm just wondering what they're doing with their their outfield prospects. They have three good outfielders, um, right? Michael Harris, um, Drew Waters, and Christian Pache that are, you know, I haven't looked at their, you know, minor league performance as of late, but I mean, I guess Abraham Almonte is uh, <laughs> doing a lot better. Um, interesting thing about Almonte, though, he's got more walks and strikeouts and an, an OBP over 400. I was like, I was completely blindsided, but I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, where did this right? come from? Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like another one of those things, if you're casually just looking at box scores and not checking that out, it's like, oh, wow, he's actually producing, you know, it's, uh, it just felt like they would just move Austin Riley up to four, but they kind of like that little break right there um, and getting yeah. them in there. So um, kind of interesting. Um, but the Reds in their last 14 um, versus left-handed pitching have a 108 WRC plus and a 21 to 13 KDBB. Um, we know that Tyler Naquin always sits versus left-handed pitching, so he probably won't get one game this weekend. And um, Tyler Barnhart uh, and um, um, Barnhart, Tucker Barnhart and Tyler Stevenson are in a catcher split, uh, but Barnhart plays against righties, being he's the lefty, so you might only get one game from Stevenson this weekend, um, which is pretty much a shame because I really like the way they've handled Stevenson this year with putting him up clean up, um, even when Bottle has gotten back. Um, so it's good to see that for a young catcher. But um, anything you see from the Reds that you wanted to point out, Ryan? Uh, I think you I think you covered most of it there. Cool. I'll, I'll stay right. quiet on the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just you know, obviously they're they're uh, they're smoking the ball pretty much. They're Winker and Castellanos have been on fire all year. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to the Red Sox versus the New York Yankees. The Yankees will be facing two left-handed pitchers. Um, and their last 14 versus lefty to have a 126 WRC plus, which is fifth with a 23 to 13 and a half K to BB and a 365 Woba. Uh, we know that Brett Gardner sits first lefties. Odor has started one of his last four games versus left-handed pitching, uh, but injuries might might keep him in the lineup, but it might not. We'll see what happens there, but definitely be aware of that. Um, after Miguel Andujar uh, went on a roll of playing games, he's actually only started two of the last five, while Clint Frazier has started the last five games. Um, it looks like the Yankee lineup, though, is starting to click again, right, Ryan? I mean, they're starting to get a little healthy. Um, I think that's yeah. warming up a little bit, and DJ LeMayhew, I think uh, it, I think one team returning to really setting the table, they might be a little more uh, to watch out for with the New York Yankees. Yeah, getting Luke Voigt back uh, is definitely a you know a, a huge boom for them. Um, you know, so and and Lemayhew is uh, hitting a lot better than he was earlier this year. I think he's uh, hitting uh, over three hundred since uh, over the past two weeks. So. Um, yeah, they're coming around and, and look out, you know. <laughs> right, look out. And Mr. Gary Sanchez, you know, moved back to three in the lineup. He's 
all, all of a sudden almost at a 250 average, you know, and his, his OPS is through the roof and kind of like put it up on the map and said, uh, again, like I'm, I'm still here as a top five, you know, offensive catcher for fantasy purposes, for sure. You know, and it's good to see that from him too, because uh, I think that, um, you know, I think we're all lured into that, you know, start offensive catcher. And if he can get himself any 250 with 30 homers and he's right back into that conversation, oh, yeah. you know, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, on the Red Sox side, we have uh, Michael Chavis got called back up. He led off yesterday and played second. Uh, Christian Arroyo went to the IL. Uh, maybe Chavis just takes his place into the revolving door that is um, that was Christian Arroyo, Danny Santana, and Kiki Hernandez sharing second base in center field. So um, yeah, do you have any interest in Michael Chavis? Do you think he can uh, possibly hit his way back into staying on the team or no? No, not really yeah. interested. The K rate's just—I think it's forty percent or over for, near it. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's just not great. So, <laughs> yeah, I've I have no interest. Yeah, pass. We like the cool kids say, smash or pass, and that's a pass for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move over to the Cubs versus the. Uh, they're visiting the Dodgers. The Cubs will be facing two lefties. The Dodgers will be facing three righties. Um, the Cubs in their last fourteen. Uh, versus lefties have a 45 WRC plus, which is second worst in the league. But they only had 60 plate appearances. Um, they actually haven't faced a left-handed starter since June 14th. Um, so definitely take that with a grain of salt. But um, not hitting well against lefties in, in, in those 60 plate appearances, um, 233 over, 203 average. Uh, Jock Peterson sat that game, though he has start every single game since then. Um, another one was like... Uh, you know, those lefty righty splits that kind of say, uh, you know, just roll Jock out there and hopefully he, he plays and hits um, or, you know, definitely be aware of that in Hap, as I mentioned, has only started five of his last 10 games as well as Patrick wisdom. He's only started five of his last 10 games too after a top start. And you get um, Eric Sogard and Sergey Alcantara that are splitting time at second base. Um, you have any notes here for the uh, Cubs, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm actually making notes to uh, get Jock out of my lineups this weekend and then to drop Hap from 12-teamers. So yep. those are my notes for myself. Yep, <laughs> notes for yourself, exactly. And it's so funny because I've actually been uh, – man, Hap has been at the tip of my – uh, drop list for the last two or three weeks now and it's just like every like, yeah. week i'm like just 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 one more week drop like maybe he'd get playing mm -hmm. time this week and now it's just yeah i i've i've held on to him in my oc he's definitely gone from there for sure this week um like that I, I can't be talked out of it this week i, I can't do it to myself like I, I have an auction league um where i still have him where which is the 15 team league i might might hold on to him there but if i find the uh, a guy that you know that I really want to scoop up. I'm I'm probably just gonna you know just because I don't know he's he's even sitting versus righties you know which is so odd you know and like yeah. and and Hayward the last game he had off he sat versus a righty which I don't know I don't know um but hey listen the Cubs are winning and it's working for them so <laughs> whatever yeah. works you know yeah. um the Dodgers so the Dodgers will be facing three righties and their last fourteen versus righties they have a one nineteen WRC plus and a twenty one to eleven and a half KDBB and a three forty WOBA. Um, so before Bellinger returned, we had we saw Steven Souza come back and make his um, long awaited return to baseball. He was splitting time with Zach. 
uh, Kinstry. They were in a little righty-lefty platoon, uh, but I'm sure that Bellinger will knock that a little um, out of the norm. Um, Pujols and Matt Beattie seem to be playing every other day, uh, and now Max Munchie's back, so um, that pitcher will get a little cloudier as well. Uh, maybe Beattie loses some playing time. Um, but And the biggest move here is uh, – Gavin Lux, who was batting second, is now probably going to be back to seventh in the order pretty consistently with Munchie um, batting second again. This is just uh, – and Chris Taylor just plays every day. I mean, what a, what a stud. I mean, this guy is just like one of those uh, – you know, one of the multi-eligibility guys I targeted in the offseason just to, you know, like fill out the team and have options to put him everywhere. And he's just like – he's just been awesome. Yeah, he's been great. I, I, it, I love, uh, I've been moving around my lineups, like all different positions. So having that multi-position flexibility is great. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, all these bodies are healthy. Now I think, uh, unfortunately as a, as a heavily invested Lux owner, you know, he's, he's probably going to sit against lefties uh, a lot more now. Um, than right. everyone's. so, uh, he's only hitting, uh, I think buck 58 against them. Yep. Uh, this year, 462 OPS. So, yeah. Um, against lefties, get Lux out of your lineups. But um, in terms of this weekend, uh, I, think he's, I think it's righties, all righties, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. three righties. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just one of those teams where it's like where they have everyone there and it's just so hard to um, there's one of the hardest teams, I think, to really try to maximize plate appearances from when everyone's healthy and, you know, doing their thing, because it's like, you think they're going to be like, oh, you're, they're not taking out, you know, Mookie Betts this game, and then he sits, or, you know, just a, stuff like that, that it, the Dodgers are going to, you know, keep the guys fresh, and um, so just constantly look out, um, and, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, too, where on the Friday lineups, you know, you, you I tried to with my utility spot, make it like the late games, you know, yeah, if I so could, I. yeah, yep. you know, it's, um, I know, I know a couple of people when I mention that to them, like, um, you know, some casual players that play my home league, like, Oh shit, that's a, that's a good idea. It's like, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's, I heard that once I forgot where from. And I think I actually even started it like in a, a, a football fantasy or a basketball. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is uh, that's a smart move, you know, because it gives yourself, if you have the flexibility, you know, if you have two guys who can possibly pop into that utility spot, you know, make it the late game for sure. So you have that time to, you know, flip flop um, those guys that in and out of the lineup. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the Cleveland Indians. They're facing two left-handers on the road against Minnesota. Um, Let's see. So Cleveland in the last 14 versus lefties, 85 WRC plus and a 23 and a half to 11 KDBB, uh, 296 Woba. Um, basically, um, there's two outfield spots being split by Bradley Zimmer, um, Harold Ramirez and Josh Naylor. Uh, Naylor also you know, can slide over the first base and Bobby Bradley, you know, played every game since he got called up playing first base and DH and the smashing ball. Um I picked up Howard Ramirez a couple of weeks ago and, you know, there was a lot of things popping off the page to me, his exit velocity on fly balls, um, just his hard hit rate. And, uh, you know, I was expecting like some full-time, you know, playing time going forward. And it just hasn't been the case, which is pretty, uh, it's pretty disheartening to me because I feel like he's really been playing well, you know? Yeah. He's been pretty decent. Um, he actually, he had a, he had a recent stretch in, in Pittsburgh where he had like, three home runs 
like yeah. in the series or something. So it's like, why are why are you not <laughs> running him out there? Come on, Cleveland. You know, <laughs> yeah, come on, Cleveland. Uh, yep, very interesting for sure. Um, and just for a couple notes from Minnesota, they're facing two righties and one lefty. Um, in the last 14 versus both hand in this, uh, the Twins have uh, 107 WRC plus. So definitely picking it up from earlier in the season uh, and a 21 to 7.5 KDBB. Um, 330 Woba. So Miguel's no now only plays for lefties. Uh, Trevor Larnick is pretty much entrenched himself in the third and fourth spot in the lineup, which is good to see. Um, Luis Arias has played in seven of eight since he came off the IL. His one sit was first a lefty, so maybe you only get two games out of him this weekend. And of course, we got to watch out for Josh Donaldson news. He played yesterday, but he's still north in that sore calf. Um, how do you do you have anyone on the twins that um that you kind of been like you don't know what to do with in your starting lineup? Because I feel like Larnick, ever since I picked him up, there's some weeks, there's some spots where I'm just like, oh man, do I start him here? But now that he's you know rolling at least consistently in the lineup with Buxton out, you know, I kind of feel a little better about that. Um, but do you have any twins that are like giving you headaches? Yeah, so uh I was actually it's funny that you mentioned that Luis or Luis Arias is just maddening this year. <laughs> um, I love his position flexibility and his hit tool. Right. But like the stats are like empty, like yeah. at least before he got hurt, like there was like, he was giving nothing and he was leading off every day against righties. So um, I ended up dropping him when he got hurt and then it was too late to, to pick him back up. So I'm, I'm assuming he'll probably go off now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's usually, um, that's usually how it works, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, you know from the Twins, Arias has been the most frustrating. I had some Andrelton Simmons uh, that I have since dropped since he's providing very no- nothing offensively. So um, right. those weren't fifteen teamers, obviously. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised too because when when Arias got hurt and um, you know they they moved. Jorge to lead off, you know, he, he was like just really stinging the ball up there. So I'm kind of actually a little surprised that they didn't keep him up there because um, he seemed like he got going when he was leading off and then uh, Arise came back and popped like right back into there. So um, I don't know if that's something they revisit too, getting his bat back up there, but maybe they just like his more of a power bat in the middle of the lineup instead of leading off for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but Arise has been – has been uh, a little disappointing for me as well because last year um, in the offseason, I kind of identified some things um, uh, in his in his elevation basket that I liked that kind of looked a little promising that maybe I thought like he was going to get to that 10 home run range, 8 to 10 home run range, but um, it seems like he resorted back to his his pre-2020 way. So just just another, uh, you know, reason to, you know, check out the like a like a rolling graph, you know, and, you know, and in, in, in 2020, just just part of the season. It's just part of another long season, you know, when you really put it into like a perspective, which is something that, uh, you know, Toby back up crazy definitely got me more on is checking a look at those rolling graphs because um, I, I feel like you know, people are visual learners too. And you, you can kind of like look at all these statistics in a box score or laid out, um, you know, on a website, but then you look at these lines and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes it, you know, a lot more sense for sure. I specifically remember a Vlad Sedler tweet and I can't remember if it was before during draft season or like early on in April, but saying like, 
suggesting Arias had like a 20 homer upside or something like that. I think it was Vlad. So Vlad, I apologize if it's, if it wasn't you, but, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that that's uh, <laughs> yeah, not looking likely. <laughs> no, no, yeah, especially like um, you know with the uh, you know the new balls or whatever. But maybe maybe without the sticky stuff on it and uh, pitchers yeah. throwing uh, more stuff in the zone. Um, who knows? We'll see what happens with that. But uh, let's move on to Chicago White Sox and the Mariners. Um, they're both facing two left-handed pitchers apiece. Um, the White Sox in their last 14 versus lefties, 108 WRC plus with an 18 to K, um, 18 to 6 K to BB, uh, 325 Woba, 275 average. They just keep losing guys to injuries and they just keep stringing together some decent lineups. Um, the recently uh, versus righties, Moncada and Abreu have moved up the lineup. Instead of 3-4, they're batting second, third. Uh, Jake Lamb has started only one of his last four versus left-handed pitchers. So if you've got him on your team and you're relying on him at corner or outfield, definitely be aware of that. Lori Garcia will probably play those the other two games um, that he's usually in a platoon with Lamb there. And um, good old uh, Goodwin is in there every day now, batting lead, uh, batting cleanup on those days where Moncada and Abreu move up the lineup, which is uh, you can't get rid of Goodwin, huh? He just uh, he always pops up. <laughs> Yeah, all right. but it's, again it's just like uh, a team has been so decimated by injuries you know i think everyone was just all been waiting for them to trade for adam frazier i think which pretty much seems like the easiest trade right that we've come up with for them to make and they haven't yet um but yeah it's just and it's funny because like it's always like i'm constantly when i'm looking at um pitching matchup you know and like preseason your thought would be like, oh, you know, got to sit them versus the White Sox, you know, because of Eloy and Robert and Magical. And it's just, that's a big, you know, big hit. And then, you know, without those guys starting in my brain, I'm saying, ah, you know, that's not as much of a don't play these pitchers versus the team. But when you start to look close, like they're still producing pretty decently. Um, so different props to them for keeping it going. I'm not going to give any of that credit to Tony LaRusso though. I'll just give the credit yeah. to the players. <laughs> yeah. um, for the Mariners in the last 14 versus lefty, they have a hundred WRC plus uh, 28 to five K to BB with a three eleven Woba. Um, JP Crawford leading off for a while now getting on his average has gone through the roof. He's definitely, um, you know, thinking the ball for sure, but just, you know, obviously be wary of him playing versus two lefties, even though he, kind of got the old reverse split going on where he's definitely hitting lefties a lot better than righties, which is interesting. Shed Long is back in our lives. He's playing 10 straight with 257 average, two homers, and a 129 WRC+. Plus. Uh, Dylan Moore is back off the IL. He played 10 of his last 11. And good old Jakey Bowers comes from the Indians. He's played 13 straight for the Mariners, batting 300 with 100 WRC+. Plus. He's lowered his K rate down, 23%. Um, Taylor Trammell. Um, he's not hitting well and he sits versus lefties. So um, maybe you get one game out of Tramel this weekend and Jake Fraley, who was playing pretty well um, before Jake Bowers came to town. Um, he's back playing part-time and usually versus lefties, even though he's a lefty himself. So um, definitely a lot of stuff to uh, be aware of here. Um, do you have any, um, what's your Mariner ownership like for your teams? Do you uh, have any Mariners? Um. 
I think the most exposure I have is Capucci. Um, okay. But, um, no, uh, I, I did try to um, bid on Jake Fraley a couple of weeks ago, um, but I think he's cooled off a little bit since, uh, you know, the, everyone picked him up. Um, but yeah, minimal on the Mariners side. Uh, I did want to highlight one thing on the, on the White Sox side since they have two lefties this weekend. Um, Andrew Vaughn, um, you know, he was getting benched uh, a lot in April, a lot of consistent playing time now. Um, two lefties this weekend, uh, sitting 323 against them with an 1121 OPS. Um, Kikuchi, 1.5 homer, homers per nine. Marco Gonzalez, 1.9 homers per nine. So get Andrew Vaughn in this weekend. Um, you know, uh, he's been crushing lefties. So bring him up for a jack, huh? Yeah. All right. That's it. We got a jack call for Vaughn. I like it. Hey, one homer makes a difference. Makes a huge difference. I say like last weekend, uh, or maybe two weekends ago, um, I was like, I forgot who it was. It was Jock Peterson and it was another guy. I was like, make sure you get these guys in the lineup. They each hit like two homers apiece on the weekend. I was like, nice. That was a good call because the rest of it wasn't good. <laughs> but two guys, it's all it takes. A couple homers, you can really boost your team up. But um, El Schwarber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a what a start. It was, I, I picked him up in my auction league that I mentioned previously. He was dropping the first week, and I scooped him up. Because, um, you know, I love a good old Kyle Schwarber. I'm a sucker for him. Um, yeah, me too. Even though. There's one guy out there that I'm pretty sure probably still think he has catcher eligibility. Uh, <laughs> I played in this league uh, that I've that I've since left. Um, it, it was one of those leagues, like you mentioned, um, uh, in our other pod. I like um, in in an effort to like trim leagues. You know, you, you, even though you're like successful in a league, you're kind of like looking for either better competition or like more. Um, more participation from the other owners. And it was just one of those leagues where it just was difficult to get participation, um, even though I was winning. And it was probably responsible for me for, uh, you know, getting to pay for main events, uh, like my first one, you know, but I, yeah. I just like, you know, it, it just wasn't doing it for me. But they, they had this, uh, it was a pretty old school league that, that, that didn't, that doesn't play with the NL West or the AL West, which is silly because in the eighties, you know, they couldn't get the stats for them. And, you know, even though there's an internet now and all that fun stuff, they never adapted it. So that was one of the craziest rules, but they also like, we used to get to the draft table and they, they would like bring up guys who, who had clear eligibility, you know, but, they wanted to like massage it a little bit because he was expected to play. So that was the thing. Mm. They would play a position in spring training and be like, well, since they're expected to play this and they don't have the eligibility on CBS, we're just going to give them eligibility. I'm like, that's so stupid. And this Kyle Schwarber was one of them where like he played one game that spring training at catcher and like a whole bunch in the outfield. And like, he's an outfielder and he didn't qualify for catcher the previous <laughs> year because he was hurt. You know, right. and we're like, he's still a catcher. And this kid begged for him to be catcher eligibility. And I was like, this is so stupid. It's clearly he's not a catcher anymore, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I just threw that story in there. Like, uh, I have to get that off my chest. But anyway, uh, let's move on to the Kansas City Royals versus the Texas Rangers. Kansas City facing three righties and the Rangers facing two lefties. The Rangers in their last 14 versus lefties and 77 plate appearances, um, 75 WRC plus, 30 to 5 KDBB, 277 Wilbur, 
Um, we've seen Willie Calhoun slide down the lineup, but Nate and Lowe moving up. Um, the only real position platoon here that we have to worry about is uh, at third base between Charlie Culberson and Brock Holt. And I believe we got some good words to say about Charlie Culberson. Yeah, hitting 349 against lefties with a 993 OPS. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Boom. There we go. Charlie Culberson, get him in. Get him in. <laughs> um, let's see, Casey facing uh, three righties. Um, it's a pretty consistent lineup. Um, they're, they're doing pretty well overall in the last 14, 92 WRC plus, 20 to 8 um, K to BB. Um, Mondesi's back out. Um, just got to wonder, like, this team really does have playoff aspirations. You know, why does they still roll out Kelvin Gutierrez and Michael Taylor? I mean, even even like Hans or Alberto, it, it, I think would be better, you know, playing every day than Gutierrez. Um, and or Witt, you know, or Bobby Witt would probably be a good third baseman. Uh, well, just yeah, Alberto was a big target of mine for draft champions. And I'm just like, play the guy, please. Like, I need right, him. right. I get it. He smashes lefties, you know, but, um, you know, maybe – you know, just put him in there. I feel like he'd do better than what Gutierrez is rolling out there. And just Michael Taylor, just, you know, even like Kyle Isbell, like uh, I'm surprised he hasn't been back up, you know, just uh, throwing him back out there and giving them some run. But Michael Taylor, no, they'll roll him out all the time. Um, like it's just one of those guys, Taylor, too. Like if you really have to play him, you know, like if you need volume in the D.C. and, and you know, get him in there. But otherwise, you know, I just don't think uh, he's worth playing for sure. Um all right, let's move on to the Angels versus uh, they'll be visiting the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so the Rays are throwing out Kit Ridge as an opener in the first uh, game tonight, but they just announced that Josh Fleming will follow. And so that makes it pretty much three lefties that the Angels will be facing with McClanahan and Yarbrough also lined up. Um, so versus lefties in the last 14, the Angels have a 141 WRC plus, which is second in the league. Uh, 19, a 16.5 KDBB, and a 376 Woba. Um, Got to check up on Justin Upton. His back's a little uh, stiffened, so check to see if he's in the lineup for the weekend before you throw him in there. Um, Tyler Ward is locked in pretty much now. Everyday lineup and batting third now, too. Um, also, I have Juan Lagares and Luis Renfigo, Ren Gifo um, playing every day, but they're probably not, uh, you know, they're recommended sits, uh, sits unless you really need the plate appearances there. Um, and Tampa Bay, um, you know, pretty much got Margot or Rezuena and Meadows as the pretty, you know, the only steady guys. I wonder if Wander becomes also another steady guy playing every day. Um, Taylor Walls is out. Um, so I would assume Franco's going to just play short now. And you got Joey Wendell and Yanti Diaz, which I think are pretty much fringe starters this week. I think if you definitely uh, need to put them in the lineup, just be wary that they might only play two out of the three or maybe even one out of the three games. Um, Tampa Bay is just always so hard to gauge when it's not the the stars in the team, you know, like it's so like you know, I think on one draft champions team where I just like. Troy, you know, came back and I was like, oh, super excited. I'm going to throw him back in the lineup on games. And um, and I lost my super, my super utility, Mike Brasso, you know. Oh, man, I have him in I several. Guy. Right? I was, love that guy. He's my favorite, man. yeah. I love that yeah. guy. Oh, I'm so upset that he's back down because even if he only got like one game on a weekend, like I was still, there was still some, some times where it's like, you know, if you're decimated, at injuries and just like oh i have brasil and i could put him anywhere but um you know tampa bay is just uh 
it's hard. It's like it's really hard to gauge what their fringe guys what they're going to do. Yeah, I think I think Rondo's uh, Franco's going to play every day. Um, the Walls injury, I think, um, you know, he he moves over to short with Walls going on the IL, and hopefully, uh, you know, Joey Wendell's played really well this year and have a lot of shares of him, you know, position flexibility is super helpful. Hopefully they, they keep him in there. I think actually um, Brandon Lowe or Lau or whatever you say his last name um, probably sit against most lefties just because, I mean, he has been because he's just been so terrible against lefties this year. So. Right. It's like a four, like a 52% contact rate and just yeah. really, yeah. It's like, you know, I, I know he's played, um, let's see, it's looking back. He's played versus the last three lefties um, and he sat, and then he played against another three lefties and he sat. So uh, they're based on a pretty fair amount of lefties to raise. But, uh, yeah, I think for sure um, Brandon Lau. Lau? Wow. Yeah, I still get confused too. I should I have the pronunciation <laughs> guide and I should really start paying attention to it. But I'm more like, I more like look at it for like the, like, um, like guys with like really, really like uh, eclectic names that can't like whack. I got to get this right, you know, but um, right. just sorry, Brandon Lolo. Oh, I'll get it right one day. <laughs> oh, we just call him Lolo. All right, let's move on to um, the Marlins facing two lefties versus Washington facing three righties. Uh, the Marlins versus lefties in their last 14 games. Um, last 14 days is 71 WRC plus, 29, 10, KDBB, um, striking out a ton there in the 264 Wilbur. They pretty much got a steady lineup. Um, Duvall scorching hot, seven homers since June 9th. Um, Jesus Sanchez is playing every day. He's been called up. And Miguel Rojas, he's batting fifth upon his IL return. I thought he would get some more run at the top of the lineup. Um, and then you also got a little bit of light up on Miguel Rojas. Tell me about him this weekend, Ryan. Yeah, um, just returned from a fractured finger. Um, hasn't been hitting well since his return. He's only hitting 125 since. But um, the matchups this weekend against Lester and Corbin are, are particularly uh, intriguing. He's hitting a 339 against lefties with a 930 OPS. Um, and uh, the other matchup against Scherzer, he does have decent splits against uh, 281 and 32 at-bats against him in his career with a home run. So, um, hopefully this is a sign of a turnaround for Rojas, um, just because, you know, uh, you obviously wonder if he's still hurting a little bit from the finger, but hopefully this right. is the way he turns it around. Yeah. Those numbers that you put up against Corbin 11 for 26, uh, with two homers in his career, that's, uh, again, going back to the bad of us picture, that seems pretty real yeah. to me. That's know, significant, right? Yeah. That's, uh, to me, <laughs> yeah. it seems pretty significant. And you know what? Um, I wonder if, if, if like, um, has anyone gone down the rabbit hole of the BPB, uh, B, batter versus pitcher, like, in terms of, like, how well a batter hits a certain pitch, you know, per se. Like, maybe he, Rojas just smashes sliders, right? And and that's Corbin's pitch. You know, who knows? Like, I wonder if there's been any dive on that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, um, I know uh, with and Savant, they have the reverse for pitchers, like how hitters are performing against their pitches I, I i haven't looked closely yet to see if it's the whole same holds true for hitters right right and it's only one of those things too and it's like on that uh on the daily matchup tabs like uh on the probable starters on on, on baseball 
about you can uh it shows like the heat maps of the of the play, of the batters and the pitchers and i've i've always like wondered that in my head too like you know how much um you know how much maybe who would be looking at this type of stuff again it's one of those things where my brain is just like all right keep it simple stupid right you know it always goes back to that he's keeping it simple and, uh, and, uh, oh so they do have uh on savant they do have uh pitch tracking uh they classify it as fastballs breaking and off speed um, and I just happened to pull up Miguel Rojas, who um, hitting 192 against breaking stuff. So hopefully, none of them are <laughs> all right. <laughs> he wasn't that. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh, oh, oh, so that's right, right on their, right on the player page, right? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Got it. Yeah, I see it now. Awesome. Um, all right, and then with with Washington, um, their last 14 versus righties. Uh, Pitting the ball well, mostly due to Carl Schwarber being smoking hot, but uh, 133 WRC plus, just fourth in the league and a 22 to 10 K to BB, 370 Wilbur. They pretty much have a steady lineup. There's nothing really of note there. Um, let's move on to the Athletics versus the Giants. Um, they're facing two lefties apiece. Oakland in their last 14 versus lefties, a 108 R, uh, 108 WRC plus, 21 to 9 K to BB, 321 Wilbur. Um, you got Kemp and Tony Kemp and Mitch Mullen to always sit versus lefties, uh, especially the last three games. They have both sat. Uh, Pinder has played five of his last six games. I think he's a little bit of a, I, I, I'd say if you have him and you're trying to decide about whether to start him or not this week, I think he's a start. Um, and Tony Kemp is a sit. I think he's probably only going to get one game this week, even though he's been pretty hot. Um, one guy who's like kind of, uh, Ramon Laureano, I think going forward, I think you're kind of expecting steals from him. You may have to lessen your expectations a little bit. He's been DHing two, two of his last three games. I'm um, just kind of concerned that he, you know, not going to really try to steal as much with that hip injury he has. And so we're looking over at San Francisco and their last 14 versus lefties, 104 WRC plus, 27 to 9 KDBB, and a 217 Woba. Um, so we have uh, Lamonte Wade and Jason Vossler was just demoted, um, kind of hoping to think that Wilmer Flores would go back to some full-time playing time. He's got a little hammy tightness, though, so be aware of that. You know, his last 10 games, um, he's got four homers, eight runs and eight ribbies, 3% K percentage, which is pretty solid. Uh, good old Wilmer Flores. Um, Alex Dickerson is back with the IL, but he always sits versus lefties. Uh, we'll sit him this weekend. Um, Austin Slater, he places versus lefties. So probably the best start amongst their outfielders to get two games in. And, um, you know, Darren Ruff is also back and he might get some time, uh, you know, across the diamond as well. But again, just another team like the Rays. It's just a ton of guys, right? A ton of like decent talent and they just shuffle them around. You know, it's uh, becoming a league where it's like, uh, you know, and, I, you know, I see it down in, in, down into like, the little leagues too, like where I happen to catch games and it's just like the coaches are having the kids play everywhere, you know, it really just yep. teaching versatility, you know, being able to, you know, I think it, it just makes sense intuitively. Like if you have a workplace where everyone can do every job, you know, it's pretty seamless, you know? Yeah. We were talking about BVP earlier. I mean, the Rays and Giants are the teams who emphasize that and, you know, make lineup decisions based on BVP and lefty righty and things like that. So Good point. Yeah. If they're using it, right, it's got to be something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so three teams just want to highlight real quick. They're facing three righties. Um, it's Arizona, the Padres, and the Brewers. 
Um, the the Diamondbacks in their last 14 versus righties is last in MLB with a 62 WRC plus. Um, definitely, you know, documented well how bad they're playing as a team. Um, but Eduardo Escobar and Catal Marte are nursing injuries. So just keep an eye on that. Um, but obviously, I think if Marte is in your lineup Friday, you must play him for the weekend. Um, the Padres in the last 14 versus righties, 125 WRC plus, 27.5, 10 KDBB. And a 353 Woba, um, pretty much steady lineup here. Um, most of their players being healthy. Um, just uh, note if you're an owner of Jerickson Profile, he's only started four of his last 10. And the Brewers, real quick note on them, last 14 uh, versus righties, 82 WRC plus and a 25 to 10 KDBB. Uh, my boy Vogelbach has the IL, um, and they recalled Keston Hiura. And my question to you was some good. Pitching matchup this weekend. If you're a Hyora owner, are you playing him? Yeah, I um I picked him up in the main event qualifier a bit, and then I think yeah. I have to start him just because nice. um, lacking options. But uh, I'm glad they uh I held on to him just just I think you know I was like eh, maybe you know it was probably better than you know the rest of the options you know being a 15 team league. So uh, we'll see if he, uh, he he seemed to turn a corner um, in this. Every time he goes to AAA, he seems to hit the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hopefully against, you know, uh, this Send weekend. It, yeah, I think so. Sendatella and Rodriguez and um, I forgot the other just starter. What needs, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the hot, yeah. Very streak, right? So he needs to just keep that streak going. Right. Absolutely. All right. That's going to wrap it up. A little lineup tool advice for the weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, hope everyone could find it actionable and useful. Uh, Ryan, thanks you for helping me through it. Um, and remember, if anyone doesn't remember who Ryan touted for the weekend, it was Charlie Colberson, Alec Baum, Miguel Rojas, and Andrew Vaughn. All right, Ryan. Thanks so much, man, for joining me. It was really cool uh, to get to talk to you and uh, learn a little bit about yourself and, you know, everything else yeah, so, it was a lot of fun thanks yeah, so much this was awesome 100 i wish you well in your in the in the rest of your season and um hope you win a lot of money and um looking forward to the main event um next year uh i know that we talked about on the uh, on the other part that you won through the fanball dfs um are you planning to do that main event live i forgot to ask you that in the other yep. um yeah no, nice. i haven't decided where yet though whether it's vegas or, or new york um a okay. Bit, a lot closer to New York. Uh, it's actually driving distance, but Vegas. I mean, it's it's just so fun. I mean, it's one of yeah. like poker. You know, do some grass, play some poker, get some sun. So. Right. I've never. I'm not a big uh, card guy. Um, uh, I'm not a big like gambler in that respect at all. Uh, I keep it to fantasy, and uh, I've never been to Vegas. So, but either way, you'll catch me at either one. Anyone you go to, I'll be at both for sure. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Cool. See ya. Bam.